Morning Crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have the fastest growing influencer in the node space with over 1,420 followers on Twitter. The Node Defender is here to drop some crypto gems and tell us a little bit about those Phoenix Fire Nests later in the episode. We got the funniest Italian in crypto, also known as the shock jockey of the XRP army, Mr. Johnny Crypto, is joining us on this Thursday. The head of 3T Security and the original Crypto Goliath is here with his main partner in crime, a consistent NFT accumulator and lead spokeswoman for the Steppen NFT project. Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, is here as well. She's having some technical difficulties, so Jackie will join us later in this episode. But very excited to have you, Gonzo. Today on Good Morning Crypto, we will be discussing how Gary V explains the real-world solve of NFTs while also criticizing Elon Musk's passive-aggressive tweet regarding NFTs' utility. The United States Central Bank raises rates by half a point, receiving a positive response from the crypto and stock market. We deep dive on how the Fed plans to combat inflation going forward. Gucci has entered the metaverse, along with a long list of billion-dollar companies. From fashion brands to car dealerships, we tell our listeners why global brands are flooding into crypto. We're also going to update our community on the Phoenix Fire Nest Phase 2. And for our XRP holders out there, we brought a powerful clip from Brad Garlinghouse speaking on the benefits of crypto regulation. Our show was available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So it's a very exciting day. We got tons of news. We saw the Fed raise rates and the market responded positively. So we're going to have a great episode today. I know that. We'll start off with Mario. Mario, how are you feeling on this Thursday morning? And why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about what you're going to tell us today? Yep. So we're going to touch on a couple of things regarding the Fire Nest Phase 2, which is coming up very soon. As soon as they hit the 100K number for their nest, they will be capping it out. But otherwise, doing amazing today. It was it was interesting to see how the market reacted yesterday to the to the Fed announcement. You know, we saw this, in my opinion, it was a premature pump and a lot of premature excitement in the market. It's funny. It goes up 5%. We're going to 100K. It goes down 5%. We're going to 10K. So you just have to stay neutral. Stay neutral, people. Awesome, Mario. I'd love to go to Gonzo next. Gonzo, it's your second episode of the week. We're very, very happy to have you back. How are you feeling on this Thursday? And what did you think of some of that price action we got yesterday? We were bullish. Now we're bearish. What are some of your thoughts? What's up, guys? Happy to be here with you guys again today. Love you guys. Um, yeah, you know, Mario's right. It's so funny. because You know, the, the market is run by emotion. We talk about this all the time. And, and people get so emotional, just like you said. You know, we needed to hold that 37.5 level uh, and we bounced right off of it with the uh, the news coming after the Fed that they were just going to raise rates to the uh, 50 base points. Uh, but then we got rejected. I was looking at the charts this morning on my chart. It's the 21-day EMA, which is like at uh, 38.5, I think it is. Um, and so I think we're just going to keep ranging, right? Uh, and so we just got to take it day by day. It was very interesting to see how positive people got just after a, it was just a two or $3,000 pump and the whole market was telling us we bought them. This is it. Everyone pack your bags. I even started to experience a little FOMO. I'm like, did I accumulate enough? Here we are 48 hours or 24 hours later sitting at the exact same price that we started at, but I want to kick it to Johnny crypto, Johnny crypto. You're repping the XRP background this morning. I love it. How are you feeling on this Thursday? 
Good morning, everybody. How are you today? I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, Abs, and uh, it doesn't matter what the market's doing. I don't give a shit if it's going up today or down today or next week because I ain't selling till 2025 anyway. So who gives you shit? But I know everybody's entangled in what's it doing today? What's it doing tomorrow? When's it going to bull run this, that, baby calf walk, whatever it is? The reality is at the end of the day, uh, if you're sitting here and you're holding till 2025, you're, you're probably going to be a happy camper. That's awesome. And we'll start this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our 3TGM crypto account on Twitter, where you can find our entire team. You get access to all of us. Please, we share information on there every day. Go tweet at us, follow us. We always respond. We are showing a 21. We're still sitting in, oh, we've actually climbed out. We're in moderate fear this morning, showing a 27 on the Bitcoin fear and greed index. I don't want to comment on this today because we're still just ranging in that fear and extreme fear range, but we do have some updates on the total coin market cap. We are sitting at 1.73 trillion in global market cap this morning. Bitcoin sitting at 42% dominance. Ethereum is at 20%. We've got Bitcoin sitting just above 38,000. We had some bullish price action yesterday, which we already referenced, but we've already retraced. We we are back below 38,000 at, at 37,900 now as we're getting live updates. Ethereum is at 2,800. XRP is 61 cents. Cardano is 81 cents. Kronos, 29 cents. We have Hedera Hashgraph sitting at 14 cents flat and Stellar still below 18 cents at 17.8. Mario, I'd like to go to you first this morning. How are you approaching some of the action we're experiencing? Is there anything that you're watching this morning? I'm approaching it from a perspective of us being in some, some sort of consolidation bearish kind of trend. So anytime that we get a momentum up, honestly, I'm, I'm pulling profits. Um, I've, I've been trying to accumulate as much stable coin as I can. Um, some of the projects I do have a super long-term perspective, like Johnny said, 2025 is that kind of horizon that I also have in mind. So a lot of the projects I'm not pulling profits like XRP and some of the major coins, but especially in the node space, any kind of income that I'm generating, some of them I'm doing it on a bi-weekly basis, some of them on a monthly basis, but I'm trying to stack stable coins and, um, and I'm parking my stable coins on a platform called freeway which you can earn up to 43%. And again, this is not a paid, well, not again, because I haven't said it, but this is not a paid promotion, but that's just what I'm doing. Uh, Freeway is an awesome new platform that allows you to earn up to 43% on Bitcoin, Ethereum, and stable coins for those of, in the US. So that's what I'm doing with some of the profits that I'm pulling off of the market. And otherwise, I, I'll continue to say, man, I think that we're in a bearish kind of trend. Uh, I think that any momentum up, people should be, looking at pulling profits, not necessarily buying in any kind of momentum down, you know, use that to your favor to accumulate and dollar cost average in. Otherwise, um, I, I think, I think this could be a bull trap. <laughs> I think so too. And it's really funny. I saw a tweet yesterday that showed exactly one year ago from today, Bitcoin was $56,000 and XRP was $1.60. Gonzo, what are some of your thoughts on what we experienced yesterday? Was that it was a pair quote unquote parabolic pump for a few hours and then a total regression just 12 hours after that. How are you approaching this Bitcoin price action? Yeah, so I'm still just implementing what my strategy is, right? And I think that's that's important. Uh, you know, we talk about this a lot. That's why you got to know what kind of investor you are. If you're a long-term holder, like what Johnny's talking about, like if your time horizon is 2025, then right now, these are the times that you start implementing your dollar cost averaging strategy. You pick your good utility tokens and you start investing, right? Um, if you're looking to, you know, um, get your uh, original uh, investment out and de-risk, you know, it's just like Mario says, when we get these price pumps and we start to move up, those are the times to start pulling a little bit of profit, right? 
because um, you can never go wrong, right? Pulling profits. Um, and so it's important to know what kind of investor you are so that you can implement the right strategy. Because if you don't have a plan, then you're just kind of guessing. And then usually that's when you miss out on pulling profits or you just get wrecked, right? Um, so it, it's really important to um, have your plan and then to kind of trade your plan. Yeah, and we just got a comment that says, I smell a bull trap. Johnny, every time we get some bullish price action in this market, we get people on Twitter and in a crypto community saying, we're going to 100K. It's like Mario said, if Bitcoin pumps 5%, we're actually going 100%. If we're down 5%, we're actually going down 100%. So how are you approaching this? And, and what do you take when you see crypto people on Twitter freaking out about we're going to 50,000 or we're going to 20,000? You know, the problem is people have been brain trained, brain trained to think that, you know, because crypto has gone parabolic at times that the minute we get a bull or a, a pump that, oh, my God, this is the one. This is where it's happening. And what people don't realize, and we've been saying this for a while now, is this market dynamics have shifted. The people who used to be in control that would be able to send these with these euphoric pumps up aren't in control no more. The, 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 the whales aren't in control. Now the elites are in control, the big boys. So we see a completely different market now and dynamics that are different. So I don't try to play that now. You can't. What I look at, when you look at the charts, like some of these here, like I just literally bought yesterday, I bought a little, or two days ago, some Zill, some Casper. They're near price entry points that I almost bought them two years ago. So why wouldn't I buy? If I thought they were the right price two years ago and they're within a penny of what I bought them, why wouldn't I buy more now? I'm taking advantage of this opportunity, to be honest with you. Um, and stuff like this, where I'm almost near my early entry points, I'm, I'm just continuing to <clears throat> load those up. So Algo, I mean, at 70 cents, 65 cents. Are you kidding me? I just was buying it higher than that. So, yeah, no, I'm buying. I'm, I'm packing the bags on the key technologies that I believe are going to be the infrastructure going forward. I agree with Mario on the node stuff. If those things pump, like fire went up yesterday, I sold it. I got out. And then, I mean, I took, took some profits on it, like Mario is saying. It's a smart thing to do rather than just re uh you know compounds so but yeah that's what i'm doing abs i'm just buying if the prices are close to what they were before why not why not keep stacking those bags i completely agree i think one of the biggest traps in the node market today is that a lot of people are just compounding their gains and then that by the time that they're ready to take profit the original asset has depreciated so much that they're not getting nearly the amount of monthly income that they had anticipated so what we're doing going forward is we're taking profits incrementally and I did the same thing with fire. When I saw that fire was at $110 and sorry for any of the fire listeners out there, I did. I took profit on my tokens because I figured this is a short-term pump. We're not going to sustain these levels, especially when they sell the 100,000th node and you're not allowed to buy additional fire nests. They're going to taper. They're going to change the reward system. And we're going to get into that later in this episode. But I want to hop into our first article for today, which is U.S. Central Bank raises rates by a half a percentage point and Fed's Jerome Powell says similar hikes are on the table going forward. Inflation is much too high, said Jerome Powell. The Fed Chair Jerome Powell raised rates a half a percentage, and the increase was the largest hike in nearly two decades. We anticipate that the ongoing increases will be appropriate and that they're an appropriate response to the levels of inflation we're anticipating. The Ukrainian-Russia war and the COVID-19 pandemic were the main uh, causes of inflation, said Jerome Powell, and inflation is much too high. We're working as hard as possible to bring it down. What I did think was very interesting is they said starting on June 1st of 2022, the Fed plans to taper back on its balance sheet, starting with treasury securities and mortgage-backed security spending. So they're going to stop putting new money into the market, and they're actually going to de-risk themselves and pull money they already have exposure to out of the market. I'd love to start with Gonzo. What are some of your thoughts on the Fed update 
And honestly, it was interesting to see that the markets had some bullish price action, even though it was short term. Yeah, so I think um, so leading up to the Fed meeting, uh, you know, Salman had talked about this on our call um, is I think it was the uncertainty, right? We didn't know if we were going to go up the 0.5 or the 0.75, the 50 basis points or 75 basis points is what they call. And so once the meeting happened, um, we got that clarity that it, not only that it was going to be 0.5, but he also made a comment that from this point forward, because we're going to have, I think, five more for the rest of the year, that they won't go up to 0.75, that they're going to cap it at 0.5. So I think that that gave some clarity. And we're always talking about this, whether it's the SEC or um, or some other entity that regulates when you have clarity, um, it makes people feel better. Right. And we know that the markets run on emotion. So I think that's why we got some of that price pump. Um, you know, I'm not a, a big economy person or, or study it, but just from what I read and what I've known and just in my life experience, um, I, I do think we're going to head into a recession, but I think people just need to be careful that, um, you know, not to like buy into the fear or the hype because um, we've had recessions before, right? In 2020, I think we had a recession for two months. The biggest recession that we had was in 2008 with the housing crisis. I think that lasted like 18 months. So it's not like it's something that's totally unexpected. So when we say that, hey, we're going to probably get a recession, it just depends on how bad it gets. And just remember that there is a difference between a recession and then what they consider a, a depression, right? And so just make sure you don't like, you know, buy into the fear um, because, you know, people are, get emotional. Yeah, Gonzo, I think we've been anticipating some form of a recession coming around October of this year. That's what we've been talking about on this channel, but it's so difficult to predict these things and getting rid of a lot of that uncertainty. I was worried about them increasing it to 0.75%, but at the end of the day, I know that the Fed is going to deal with inflation and I know that these rate hikes are going to be coming. So hopefully it's priced into the market at this point. I'd love to go to Johnny Crypto. What are some of your thoughts on what we're seeing from Jerome Powell and how they're going to combat inflation going forward? This is a freaking joke. We're talking about Jerome Powell combating inflation. Are you kidding? The Fed has created the goddamn inflation. These clowns are the ones that are printing the dollars, causing the problem, and then they act like, oh, we're trying to fix the problem. Get the frick out of here. They're not fixing the problem. They're causing the problem. This is a bunch of bullshit. This isn't the way you fix the problem. You don't raise interest rates. You're right. What you do is you you let companies that are supposed to fail fail, right? Instead of saving everybody and printing more dollars. But the reality is that is never going to happen because they've trained, they brain trained everybody to think now that oh, when there's a problem, we have to raise rates or lower rates. That's that's just not. You talk to any economic expert, they tell you that's the worst thing you could do. But nonetheless, the market responded. Exactly the way it, what it had done is the market had baked in a half a point. So that's just the way the market works, right? It's always people always trying to guess ahead of time, right? It's always forward in advance. So the investors had guessed that this was going up a half a point. Thankfully, we went up a half a point. So basically, that's why you saw a small pump because people were just happy that the Fed did what everybody expected. It was already baked in. Had they gone up higher, you would have saw a crash. And if they went lower, you would have saw a major pump. But the reality is, I think what we're going to do is we're going to see these, as Gonzo said, these half point increases for the net. Cause what are we at now? About what? 1%. Where are we at now? Around 1% at the rate. I remember in 2008, they drove this thing all the way up to um, five. They were, they raised it 0.25 uh, in March. Right. And then another uh, 0.5. So I think so we're, we're somewhere between five. Yeah. 0.7. I think it's going to end up being between 0.75 and 1% is where so, we're going to end up. So if, if, if you guys remember back to 2008, when we had the whole major uh, crash there, right. We um, 
we went to about five to five and a half percent our interest rate was. So there's a shit ton of rate hikes that are going to be coming soon. Uh, in my opinion, I think I think they're going to go at least to two or three. I won't be surprised if they bring it back to five. And that's going to take a lot of liquidity out of the market. That's going to raise interest rates for mortgages. And guess what's going to crash? The housing market. Housing market is going to tank. And when the housing market's down, it's usually not a great thing because people take equity out of their market, uh, uh, out of their houses. Now their loans are going to get called if, they, if they've taken too much equity out. So it's, it's, it's a scary time. Johnny, I want to stick with you real quick because you mentioned something so important. Fake growth and zombie economies dominating the U.S. industries right now. We've seen tech companies like Netflix, PayPal, Google all experience, I think it was the first quarter in eight or 10 years where they all had major losses. And I think we're going to see more of that going forward because there's so much fake growth and fake money in the market. It's just newly printed money. It's not authentic growth. So maybe you can speak to that a little bit here. Yeah, you know, you bring up a great point. So I don't know if people understand what happens is when the Fed prints money, what they're really doing is they're, they're buying assets. So they're putting money into the market. Now that money, as people get that, it has to go somewhere. So people are going to start spending it. It kind of creates this false sense of security that the market is doing great because they've just injected it with a bunch of, uh, well, think about when you go get a, a hydration IV, right? You get it, you feel great for the next few days. You feel like you're, you know, like you're high, right? You're feeling fantastic. So what happens is the same thing. You get all of these this flood of money and it's going to go somewhere. So it's going to go into people are going to spend it on games, cars, phones, and all these companies. So it's going to bump up their balance sheets. Right. But the reality at the end of the day, after some sooner or later, you have to pay the bill. And, and, and that's what we're seeing now. Um, when you start getting all that, it creates inflation because now prices go up higher. People want to get paid more money. And if you pay employees more money, well, then the cost of goods go up. And it's just, it's a really bad cyclical thing that's happening. So, what, what they're doing now is reversing it and saying, okay, we're no longer going to put money into the market. Um, we're going we're gonna to take it out, which is what you're supposed to do. And now you're going to see things crash. But yeah, so not, not a good thing for policy when you're adding money into the market. Fake money. If we were adding real gold to our gold supplies and it was backed by gold, that's a different story. But that's not what we're talking about. Johnny, and I, do, I don't want to stick with you here, but I do have a really interesting point that you brought up. You said the housing market is going to crash. And I'm wondering really quickly, do you believe that's going to be in the entire market itself or will there be sectors that are thriving while other sectors are crashing? You know, that's a great question. What typically happens when interest rates go up, because every bank is going to have about the same interest rate, you will see the whole entire market crash. But what you see is depending on the sections of the country, some will not crash as much as others. So, like, if you got areas that are booming right now, you know, let's say, for example, and I'm making this up, so don't get all, don't get everybody to get crazy. But let's say the market crashes 60%. It might crash in, in the areas where there's very, very weak economies, 60%. But, like, in a strong, booming economy, let's say, like, in Texas or in Arizona, they may only crash about 20 or 30%. And that's exactly what we saw happen in 2008. You had certain, so I remember here in Connecticut, we had, we only saw about a 20% drop. But my cousin was telling me in Florida, they saw like a 60% or 70% drop because things had inflated so much. So it, de- it really depends on where you are, what those economies are doing, where do people want to be, and what the demand is for housing. But So we'll get across the board drop, but it will be, it'll be dependent on those economies of those states, uh, different states. Yeah, and I'd love to go to the Node Defender next. Mario, rolling this thing back into the inflation news, how did you approach the narrative that we're only going to experience 0.5 rate hikes going forward? Yeah, I but guys, Jerome Powell just told us that inflation is much too high. 
Like he just told the entire, you know, nation that inflation is high. Did you guys not know that? Like, I, I don't know about you, but I, I like this guy because he's finally telling me that inflation is high. I hadn't noticed. <laughs> the guy uh, who created it is telling you it's too high. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I hadn't noticed. I, I'm just I'm just glad that he's finally admitting that it's much too high. And all the things that Johnny just mentioned is exactly why I don't think Bitcoin, you know, going back to the you know what we talk about in the show, which is crypto in general. That's exactly why I don't think crypto or Bitcoin is continue to set all new highs this year. Is because everything everything in our economy is pointing towards a recession or a depression, and I just don't see that happening. And so that's why I've been saying that I just see a demand for the dollar. I see I see people just selling out of their positions and going into something which is still going to have um, it's still going to give them power. With, with the markets going down, because with the markets going down, you're going to have opportunities in the housing market. You're going to have opportunities in crypto. So the way that you take advantage of it is by being in the dollar so that you could you could buy those those dips. So that's why I'm thinking this way. And that's why I think that crypto market is done as far as this year is concerned for, for, for highs. And that's very interesting. I want to stay on that topic. I think, Johnny, your Gonzo pulled that comment up. How bad will the crypto market crash in this case? The stock market in crypto is walking in near lockstep. This could be time to sell. And then we had another person comment below. BTC is supposed to be deflationary, so WTF. Gonzo, I'd love to give you the floor. What are some of your thoughts on those comments? You know, it just depends on what, what Bitcoin does because it runs the market, right? And so we've talked about this before. Like, I, I don't see a sub-30,000 uh, Bitcoin. I could see some candle wicks going down to 29, 28, right? Because that's where we have... Um, to, to me, I know we're in a bear market, but we lose 28,000 on like a daily or a weekly close. It's a wrap. We're going way down low. And I just don't see it because it would just get bought up so much. So, but that's what I'm paying attention to. But if Bitcoin decides to come down that much, I mean, now you start talking about Ethereum, right? Ethereum going sub 2000, right? Going to 18, 1700. Um, and then your alt. They're, they're going to drain, right? And so when you, when you want to talk about how much are they going to drain, we've seen alts drain, what, 90 95%? Even Ethereum, right, which is the number two in the last bull run after that had a major, major correction. So it just depends on what Bitcoin does, and then everything follows it. And that's why we always talk about Bitcoin. It's not because we're Bitcoin maxis or we're even, like, highly invested in it. It's it, because it moves the market, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, depending on what it does – uh, we can definitely start to have um, bigger pullbacks in the altcoin. And that's why what Mario was talking about earlier is important. If we get that um, bull trap and, and we get some price appreciation in Bitcoin and those alts pump, it, it, it's a good time to de-risk and get some of your initial investment out so you're not as panicky. Or, you know, when we start to go, if we go into a real, real bear market, um, you know, you will have realized some gain, keep those stable coins on the side. And that's the perfect time to get in, Right. I mean, if that happens, I want, I mean, I'm going to take what the market gives me, but if we get that, you know, I, I've got money on the side so that I could get in at those super low levels. Cause I know that we're going to go back up eventually. Right. And just to build on that, um, Gonzo, I think what's what we're finally going to get the answer, um, when that does happen, because you're going to get to see when the market really pulls back. If everything crashes, if, Bitcoin truly is in a, in an inflationary hedge. We're going to learn that because either it's going to drop all the way back down to 20 and below or to 20 and 10 and five. And then it's crap and it's garbage and it's meaningless, or it's going to hold its own around 30 ish 
you know, Sailor's going to get taken out. I saw an article today at 21. He gets he gets liquidated if it drops below 21. So he's going to be doing everything in his power to not let that thing drop then. So you know he, what that tells me, Johnny? It tells me that we're not going below 21. P- potentially, or if the elites really dislike him, uh, they'll, they'll wipe him out, right? They'll drop it lower. So hard to say, but so, but we're going to get the test. Finally, within a year, I think we're going to know whether Bitcoin truly is the next digital gold, right? We don't know yet. And I think, you know, Dill brings up a great question, building on what we talked about here, the market collapse. I actually think that there's some plans in place, and I, I have no, no inside information. I'm just guessing here that with this crash of the, uh, if they... Pull the market down. <clears throat> you got the housing market crash that's going to come. You're going to. So he asks the question: There is, is this the, the way to get us to UBI? Well, think about this: housing market crash that comes, food shortage that's coming, and then a cyber attack on a banking system. If all three of those things happen at the same time, people and then and then an asteroid hits the White House. And then, <laughs> you can play this game all day. I've always just, had this. No, I want to. I want to take a serious approach here because I think that there's always going to be a fearful narrative around the corner, and there's always going to be a reason that these markets are going to crash. It doesn't matter how evolved these things get. The threat of a cyber attack. A lot of the things that you just mentioned, Johnny, are always going to be around the corner. And even when we experienced a huge market crash in 2020. The recovery was so quick and so parabolic. It was literally just a V bottom. So we have no evidence saying that something like that is going to create a long-term recession for the United States. No, all I was suggesting is we know that they want to move us down the path of UBI, universal basically from what better way to do it than to wipe out people's mortgages, market crashes, their houses are underwater. And now you get caught. I don't know if people realize this, but if your house drops below a certain loan to value uh, position, 87%, the bank can call your loan. So if the housing market crashes, abs, what happens is most people now who are, you know, pretty much put 20% down and they're 80% loan to value. If that drops too much or if they took equity lines, they get called. If they don't have the money, you lose your house. And so, there, you know, there's a potential. I'm talking about realistic situations here. That happened in 2008 and can happen again with a large margin crash, uh, housing crash. But the solution would be, hey, don't panic. We're going to, this is the perfect opportunity to open that say, we're going to give you universal basic I, I think that. that- happening I, you know what and now i think that you that brings up a good point too johnny and that's why you need to be financially responsible or financially educated right not just about crypto but they don't teach these kind of things in school or in college when you're buying a home in mortgages right people get like you know the economy gets really good and you're, you get price appreciation in your house and people take out these equity lines or they refi and they take out a bunch of money and then we go into a bad trend and then their mortgages go backwards because they ate up all the equity in their houses you know what I'm saying? But nobody tells you that when you buy a house. No one educates you on that. And that's why it's really important that you educate yourself and that you're financially responsible, right? So that, <laughs> 100%, 100%, you, brother. right? So 100%. that, you know, because I, I, unless I had a catastrophic thing in my life, I would never take um, equity out of my house. I did that before on a previous house. And then when I sold it, I had already eaten up my equity. So I would never do that again. Right. I did that like in 2015. And so, but nobody teaches you the thing. And that's why I love the Academy. Right. Cause we're not just talking about crypto. We're not just talking about health and mindset. It's like this whole thing about finance and being financially responsible. And that's why it's so important to um, pay attention to who you're following and what you're listening to. I'm completely with you. And I want to shift gears here a little bit. That was perfect, Gonzo. If you're looking for a deeper, more fundamental understanding of the crypto markets, the best place to do so is the 3T Warrior Academy, where you get access to every member of our team, including Coach JV, and a live portfolio update every single week. All social medias are linked below if you're looking for these guys. But we're going to keep the ball rolling here because I have a really, really great 
Brad Garlinghouse video from this week talking about regulation and how people are going to move out these outside of the United States because there's more profitable markets. So I'll let this clip play here. The UK, Japan, Singapore, I mean, there are clear regulatory frameworks. They've done the hard work to create those regulatory. The UK, Japan, Singapore, I mean, there are clear regulatory frameworks. They've done the hard work to create those regulatory frameworks that has allowed investment capital, that has allowed entrepreneurs. And you're seeing a lot of entrepreneurs that they have started here in the U.S. move because they need that certainty. Very ironic that he would use the words, anybody who's not thriving in the U.S. is going to move because that's exactly what we'll see with Ripple if they're not allowed to operate within the United States. This currency is not going away. This protocol, these set of standards are only growing and evolving in the banking system. We're trending up. And this is my biggest argument against a bear market. People are moving into the market. People are not moving out of crypto into another asset. People are flooding out of other assets and into crypto. And that goes for the banking sector as well. So Gonzo, we'll just work our way down. What are some of your thoughts on what Brad Garlinghouse had to say here? And the fact that if people are not approved in the United States, they're going to the UK, they're going to Japan, they're going to Singapore. This is exactly what I said, I think on Tuesday, when we talked about the SEC and the way that they're regulating, I said that this was my fear in the US that if... Um, if we don't get that clarity, these companies are going to leave, right? Why would they stay here, right? It, it, why wouldn't you go to some place where you're going to get regular uh, regularity or uh, regularity? You're going to get some clarity and regulation, and then your business can thrive. You're not going to stay here and wait and wait and wait until the U.S. gets their shit together, right? And so that's why I said that on Tuesday. And so he is 100% correct. And, um, you know, is he willing, like, if this, I don't think it's going to stretch out that long, but that just goes to show, I've said this before, he's here to run a business, Ripple's a business. If we get clarity that helps the crypto market, great, right? But what he's looking for is clarity for XRP because that's what his responsibility is, right? Or clarity for Ripple, right? And so if, God forbid, this thing was drawn out and let's say for some reason it was going to take longer than this year or maybe the beginning of next year, I wouldn't be surprised if these guys start talking about moving to another country, right? Because they're a business and they're going to go where they're treated the best. Exactly. That's what Ken Mack always says. He, he owns homes all over the world and he always travels where he's treated the best. And I think businesses should operate the exact same way. And that's why I was a little bit surprised that they took a five-year lease in San Francisco or it's rumored to be a five-year lease, correct? So, I mean, they must know something we don't, they don't plan on moving out. They wouldn't lock themselves into a long-term contract for such an expensive building if they didn't believe that. But Johnny, we are having a live market update. I want to go to you next. Bitcoin has crashed from 39,800 at the beginning of our episode, all the way down to 37,200 right now. What are some of your thoughts on this bearish price action? Are you selling all your crypto? <laughs> so, I'm hitting the sell button as we're talking. No, not at all. As I said earlier in the show, I don't even care. I didn't even know what was going down today. I don't even look at it that. Like I said, I used to watch my account 20 times a day. If I look at it twice a month now, it's a lot because I know what I own. I'm buying good stuff. And in fact, I told you guys, I just bought. Yeah, I bought. So what did I buy? Like this week, I bought Zill. I, I bought more Zill, Casper, HBAR, and Algo. So I'm buying. The more it's going down, I've been telling you guys, we're in the red. We're in the fear zone. This is the time to buy. We could go further down. That's okay. I don't mind. I'm just going to keep buying more because I know by 2025 or 2026 or beyond, we're going to be back up again. And none of these prices are going to matter today. Because if we had this show five years ago, we'd be looking at the chart. We'd be saying, oh, my God, Bitcoin just went from 10000 to 3000 Well, five years later, it went up to 50 freaking thousand. So it ain't going to matter five years from now 
what these prices are doing today, unless you're a day trader, right? So if your strategy is you're playing it that way, then I understand why people have some some grief. But to me, abs, this no, this doesn't mean nothing right now to me. It's just gonna, um, uh, it's it's too short of a view for me. And it can, and that's exactly what it could be, right? We we could be witnessing a liquidation event, right? Everybody got super bullish yesterday. They started putting in their longs with a bunch of leverage, and then boom, that's what they do, right? And then we'll we'll know later on today how many people got liquidated and how many hundreds of millions of dollars were lost uh, when we got this um, liquidation event, right? So yep. uh, we'll see. And something that's a matter of fact, guys, cannot be disputed is that Bitcoin right now is basically on a 48% discount. It's 48% down from its all-time high. It's 48% lower than a lot of people were purchasing their Bitcoin at. And that's how Andrew Caswell always says to approach the market. You look for these entry points. You want a 60, 70, 80% retracement to enter yep. these projects at the most optimal time. And you know when everyone's going to be doubting these projects the most is when they're on 60, 70, 80% retracement. So well, we haven't heard from Mario yet. I'd like to go to you next. Mario, you can take this any way you'd like. You can talk about Brad Garlinghouse or you can talk about the overall crypto market. What's going through your mind? I think the the issue is for those people that are not traders, for those people that are just investors and uh, you know retail people coming into the market now, the problem with the sentiment is that a lot of influencers – a lot of influencers push this narrative of you come into the market and you're going to do a 10 X within like a couple months or a couple weeks. And Sign me that up. is, that is, that is the, that is the problem. And I can see people feeling frustrated with, you know, coming into the market, looking at the market, and then all of a sudden seeing like a 20% decrease or a 5% from a yesterday to today. And the, the issue is, and you know, I'm, I'm going to speak for, for me personally, because I went through this as well, is you setting yourself some kind of expectation of I'm coming into the crypto market, I'm going to invest an X amount, and six months from now, I'm going to have 10X from that, or 20X from that, or even a 5X, right? And then it doesn't happen because the market doesn't go the way that you want it to go. The market goes in the way that it wants to go, or that and to quote Johnny Crypto, the way that the elites want it to go, right? And that's just not the way that it, the, the way that it happens. So it's so important. And again, speaking from experience, it took me a really long time to adopt this into my mindset. Don't set any expectations. Continue your life the way that you've the way that you've been doing your life, as far as not making any short-term plans based on any unrealized gains or or any gains for that matter that you could potentially get out of crypto. We know that crypto is a long-term thing. It's a long-term investment. It's going to prove right. It's going to change your life. But just setting that up as an expectation for the short term can destroy you. It can take a lot of your life away because you become so consumed and, and obsessed by the numbers. And again, personal experience, I went through this and I just don't want other people coming into the space to, to make the same mistake. It's hard. I know because it's your money. You come into the market. We're, we're, I mean, we're kind of blessed or lucky in a way that we were able to invest two years ago or a year and a half ago. And so we're not really in a loss compared to how we entered. But for those of you that are entering, just stay calm, keep your dollar cost average in. The market in a long term, in a five-year long term, is going to give you that 10x that you so much deserve. So that's what's on my mind. Sorry, I just wanted to get that out there. You're right. And as we speak to a lot of retail investors, because we're in the academy, we're always talking to people. They're always focused in the beginning. They're always focused on, well, my friend told me that this is going parabolic and I don't want to miss the wave. Totally wrong way to look at this market. Gonzo, I'm going to kick it to you and then Johnny. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, Mario just like hit the nail on the uh, on the head. You know, it, it's you have to have that long term time horizon. 
right? And so it's important who you follow and not like FOMO in or come into, that's why we say, um, you know, don't invest anything that you don't, ex, you know, that you're not okay losing, right? You, the money that um, you have invested, you should look at that money that I'm, I, I won't see that money. That money is gone, right? At least a year, maybe even longer, right? Like Johnny's always talking about my, my, in my mindset, what I'm doing personally is I look at 2025, right? I pay attention to the day to day. So I know when to execute my dollar cost average strategy, right? But in my mind, that's what I'm looking for. When I'm really looking like, okay, where I'm going to pull major profits. Um, and that's, that's 2025. That's what I'm looking at. Um, and that, that helps. And then the other thing that helps is again, and I know it, it's hard to do right to, to keep the emotions out of it, but that's why we talk about mindset so much, right? Educating yourself on how this market works, looking at the history of what it's done and understanding what you're investing in, that it's not timing the market, it's time in the market, right? Um, they've done this time and time again, these studies, or you could follow people that have talked about this. People that have been in the market long-term have come out on top. Even people that FOMO'd in, right, in 2017, right, they're up, right? At any point before that, you're way up, right? Even if you FOMO'd in at the all-time high. So you just have to be patient. You got to come up with your own strategy and then just, and just implement that, right? And then not worry about the day-to-day, right? Because it'll drive you crazy, right? And then you'll get emotional. And then, and that's what happens. That most retail investors, that's what happens, right? They think that they're going to get rich really quick or their friend told them that, hey, they can flip this in a month or six months. And they put all this money into it or their whole savings. And now they need the money or something happens or life happens. And then they realize the loss by, okay, well, I put in, you know, $50,000. Well, I guess, you know, $10,000 is better than nothing. And then they sell and then they get 10 grand and then they maybe leave the market. And then they find out that what they were invested in would have made them a millionaire. Right. And so, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, just to build on that. Um, but first off guys, we need your help. That like button looks very shiny and flashy. Can you break out your hammers or please help us smash that son bitch? We'd like to get at least a hundred. So if you can help us break that thing, that'd be great. Thank you very much. Uh, and more importantly, the reason why is because you guys all say it, that this we bring good content. We're helping them. We're educating people, right? Helping them learn so people can learn the space. Um, and by hitting that like button, that helps more people to see the show. And hopefully we can help more folks. So appreciate that. Um, now, getting to the point of, you know, what we see here is a lot of talk. Of, I just want to grab this a comment out here. Here we go. So this is what's going on, right? This right here. So. Everybody has high, super high expect. And I'm not picking on this guy. I'm just saying hundreds of X's, right? Now, the reality is in some altcoins, maybe that'll happen. But the key trigger, and this is why, oh, shoot, did we lose ads? Uh, the, key good, trigger, good. the key trigger of why I'm excited about this space and why I'm holding it, I don't worry about these short-term bumps right now, is because <clears throat> we haven't had the most important thing happening yet in crypto. And you guys, we talk about it all the time, right? We know what it is. It's regulation. We haven't had that yet. When we have regulation, all that institutional money that's sitting on the sideline that will not take a high risk will, will then come in 
once regulation is here, they'll read the books, they'll learn it, and they'll know exactly how to invest and where to go. And that's going to drive everything. And then the retailer, what we call the dumb money, will follow afterwards, FOMO in and drive these things super high. The thing is, two things are going to happen with regulation. One, it's going to wipe out 80% or 90% of these coins. So if you're in a shit coin or you're in these coins that like add no value or aren't going to be part of Web 3.0, I don't know how well they're going to do. But the ones that we're invested in that we believe are going to drive the rails, those are where the institutions are going to go in. Case in point, Abs talked about it yesterday. Grayscale invested in uh, Cardano, Solano, right? The money, the smart money knows what the future rails are. And you want to be doing that. So that's where you want to be. And those will probably do 10Xs, 20Xs from here. Um and the exact reason, Johnny, just I don't want to cut you off. Sorry. No, the exact reason that they're investing in those currencies right now is because they have such a low market cap compared to where Ethereum and Bitcoin are. Like even Ethereum is sitting above 300 billion in total market cap. And we have projects that are doing the same thing, but in a better fashion, just haven't been massively adopted yet. Like AVAX, Polkadot, Solana sitting under 20, 30 billion in market cap. So that's how you get a 10X. It's very reasonable to think a lot of the market's going to shift away from the outdated Ethereum and into a lot of these large DeFi projects. I want to keep the ball rolling here because we have so many amazing topics I want to touch today. Our next project is that Gucci is the latest luxury brand to accept crypto payments in their store. They're now going to be accepting 12 cryptocurrencies. What I found so interesting is that all of these cryptocurrencies, in my opinion, are either not really amazing currencies or more stores of value. They're, you're going to be allowed to pay with Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, Wrapped Bitcoin, Litecoin, Shiba Inu, Dogecoin, as well as five stable coins they're offering. They're going to start in New York, Los Angeles, Miami, Atlanta, and Vegas using a QR system. And we're going to see more and more adoption going forward as Gucci also purchased a plot of land in the Sandbox metaverse. Very cool. Gucci's presence in the metaverse is only beginning. And in March, we saw massive updates from other brands such as Off-White, Hennessy, Bulgari, Louis Vuitton, Hublot, and a number of car dealerships all purchasing land within Sandbox and also Mana. I'll start off with Gonzo here. How do you feel about these updates of luxury brands and global brands moving into the metaverse? It's, um, you know, I'm super bullish. It makes me super bullish on crypto, right? Um, you can see, we, we've talked about this before, that um, the metaverse, we're so early, right? It's like being in Bitcoin in 2013 and 2014. You know, we don't even know, like the metaverse that ends up being the main one. It might, it probably hasn't even been invented yet, right? Right now we have Decentraland and then we have Sandbox. Those are kind of the one and two. And so that's why these companies are investing in those. But it's taking crypto mainstream, right? It, it, and it's genius because you get these brands, these uh, high-end brands that people look up to, right? Like that most of um, the population like look at uh, at a higher level. And then they start seeing, they hear crypto and what's this and what's that. Then they're going to start looking into it. It's going to just bring more people into the space, right? And, it, and it's kind of genius um, the way they're doing it because um, that's how human beings are, right? That That's, um, you know, that's why people are always talking about Lambos and, and, and you know, Gucci and, and the watches and the Rolex, right? Uh, and so if you can relate that to cryptocurrency, you're going to bring all of that in with it. So it just makes me super bullish on cryptocurrency and where we're going. And then like we said, the metaverse, right? Uh, I, I still believe though that uh, there's more to come with the metaverse that we're still very, very early. Um, like uh, I, I like Everdome, right? And what they're doing with AK and the more, the realistic stuff, it's not really gamified. Um, and, and that is just starting to be created. So yeah. 
Mario, I'd like to go to you next because this is so interesting to see that they're all joining in the spring of 2022. That tells me that they're trying to get in early, and we're super early. Just like Gonzo said, the two main metaverses right now are just Mana and Sandbox, and I think going forward, we're going to see tons of new metaverses coming and being adopted by mainstream people like this. But I do want to point out both Meta, or sorry, both Mana and Sandbox are both built on Ethereum, so they are directly profiting the Ethereum network. Mara, the floor is yours. Yeah, I think that this is the exactly why taking a long-term approach on the market is so important. You know, going back to what we were discussing before, um, the longer you can stay in the market, the better you'll be. Um, just remember that the, I'm pretty sure most of the most people investing in crypto is because they want to make money. They want to change their life. They want to take profits. Uh, as much as you like XRP, as much as you like Mana, you know, whatever project. At the end of the day, you're trying to get wealthy, right? So it's very important that you don't really concentrate or, or marry, like a lot of people use that term, that you don't marry your, your coins and forget to take profits because the opportunity will come. Right now, it could look a little bit discouraging, but the opportunity will come for you to take your wealth. And, uh, and it was so early. That's why taking that long-term approach, look at the end of the road, look at the, look at the signs. Like if you, if you look at the market on a day-to-day -day basis, what's going to happen? You're going to FOMO in because you see the prices going up, right? And then you, set, you see the prices going down, you're going to panic sell. But lose. if you remove that from your, from, your, from your site and you just concentrate on HSBC buying Metaverse land, Gucci accepting crypto, um, Goldman Sachs, like all these things are signs of how adoption is taking place. And so I think that that's the thing that people should concentrate on and take that as a, um, as, as a um, horizon for, for their portfolio. Yep. By the way, Mara, did you say at the end of the day? I'm pretty sure I heard you say at the end of the day. But, um, he did. I'm he talking, did. Dude, we talked too much, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I, you oh, got Shelly. The other day, Shelly, yesterday, Shelly said, at the end of the day, I'm like, nice. you got my wife saying it too. It's contagious. I just oh, got I just, one comment here, but I'm going to I'm gonna trademark that and get royalties on it. But I just want to say to the fans out there, this, this, this comment right here really, really – you have me humble. I almost had tears when I read this because I want to say for us to put us in the same group with these guys, Coach JV, Burble Bowl, and Kevin Cage, that, that is really – that means a lot to all of us. So I just want to say thank you guys. I'm glad that you feel the show is adding that kind of help to you guys. It's really, really awesome, and it's it's, uh, it's humbling to be – to have our names in with that same group. So thank you. Yes. And Johnny, if I can just chime in here, I do want to keep the ball rolling. We have so many good stories. We're going to show you guys a clip from Gary Vaynerchuk criticizing Elon Musk and what he had to say on NFTs. But I do want to give Mario the floor really quickly to update a lot of our listeners on what's going on in the Phoenix community capital project. I know they just updated people on phase two and a lot of the new protocols that they're going to be following. So Mario, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about what you learned yesterday? Yeah, so phase two, basically, it's it's where they go into profit sharing mode, right? Where all these investments that they've been doing, they're going to start to channel the profits and disperse them to the, to the nest holders. So phase two is going to, uh, nests are going to not earn the 0.225 that they're currently holding. They're going to go into a USDC or some kind of stablecoin airdrop model plus uh, 0.06 of FIRE per nest per day, and that's a bonus. So you're going to get your airdrop of a stable coin from the profits, and then the 0.06 is going to be a bonus. 
There's also going to be an option for you to create like secondary nests from, from my understanding. I actually missed the AMA. We were doing the, uh, we were doing the Twitter spaces with the bearable bull at the time that it happened. So I actually missed it. The only thing I caught was a glimpse of that infographic right there. So for anybody in Phoenix, what I personally would say is that expect for the price for your uh, returns to drop dramatically, because remember, it's going to go into a profit basis. These company, most of these investments that they've made are, are new. They're recent. They're not producing a lot of income just yet. So if you believe in the project, just stay patient. And, and I really think that in the first, at first, in the beginning, it's going to be low, but it, you know, it's, it's going to build, it's going to build up, especially the fact that they, they've got Swapsicle, which is a DEX. I mean, DEXs have the potential to bring in millions, millions of volumes. So it, that alone could, could bring in a lot of profit for, for the investors and not to mention all the other things that they're working on. Yeah, I actually, I actually, this is why, cause, and you guys got into Phoenix early, right? So I got in later. So I got into it with the expectation or the intention of phase two, right? Cause I knew I wasn't going to get my initial investment out back in fire. Right. Um, and so we just have to be patient. Right. I, I think what these guys are doing is, is next level, but we have to give them the time. But I think the community is there, right? When you go into the discord and you see how tight the community is, I think they believe in the project. Um, and, and I think um, that's the vibe there that to let these guys do their thing and that it's going to pay off in the future. I know that's why I invested. It wasn't so much to get the fire token and get my initial investment out because I started later. It was for what they're going to do in phase two and in the future. Hey, Mario, can you call, when they say round one nest, what do they mean round one versus round two? So round one is the nests that you can purchase now until they oh. cap it at 100K. And then the round two nests are oh. the nests that you'll be able to create once they cap those out. Those nests are going to have different kind of rewards. And I believe that the those nests would only get rewarded at 0 0.06, but they don't qualify for certain things. Again, I, I don't want to give out wrong information. I still have to research it a little better. I completely missed the AMA the other day and I haven't been... I haven't had the time to look into it. So uh, we'll update you guys on the on a future episode. So as Showtime said, when we had him on, he was saying we should expect a couple months of like nothing. Is that is that true? Are you saying we should are we expecting to get nothing? Or are we going to get something but very small? Yeah, very small. I wouldn't say necessarily it's going to be nothing because it won't be. You will still be getting your point zero six fire immediately oh. after the cap. It's yeah. just that the airdrop, you know, again, a lot of people have speculated we could be talking about 30 bucks a month, which isn't life changing. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people in the community were upset because at one point, one of the founders hinted at this being a, a minimum wage replacement. But in reality, what they said was that it's a, it's a wage supplement, not a replacement. So it's, it's all got to do with the approach that you take to it. Uh, this is something that could provide you a passive income. It's going to be small to begin with. At the end of the day, they're trying, and there you go. At the end of the day, <laughs> they're trying, they're, they're creating, they're, they're creating sustainability, right? You don't want to go into a project or you shouldn't want to go into a project where you don't know how sustainable they're going to be, right? You could take profits for, for a month. You could take profits for, for two, two months. If it lasts a year, amazing. But I see this something as being something that you could take profits on for 30 years. Just imagine that. Imagine being able to cash out on an investment that you made for 20, 30 years. Not saying that that's what's going to happen. But if these real life investments and, and companies that they're putting together create stay around for 30 years, then, hey, you're going to get passive income for 30 years. So that's the kind of mindset that I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, I mean, it's it's passive income. So, I mean, it's 
money that you're making without you having to do anything at all. Right. And so like we talk about temporary expectations, but you know, whatever, whatever that is that you make, you haven't had to put any work into it. And then all you got to do is take that and then turn it into something else. Like coaches always talking about, you can take that little bit and just invest it in something that grows. Right. Totally. And I did think there were two things that really stick out to me. One, they're switching to a stablecoin system where you're going to directly have profits correlated to the amount of money they're making. But two was the, the really exciting update that you're still going to be receiving 0.06 fire daily. So I had no idea. I thought that we were being tapered down to zero. It is exciting to see that we're going to have two forms of passive income from this project. And it's like Gonzo said, it's more focused on sustainability. It's more focused on long-term success as opposed to what we're getting for the next month, two months, three months. If we're cashing out profits, and Mario had mentioned this, in five, six, seven, 10, 20 years from this project or any projects that we're investing in now, that's a success in my book, regardless of how small a lot of the rewards are. And I do think this project is going to be very profitable. They use an example here. If we make $30 million, they're going to get $300 per month. I don't, I'm not sure if I have the right to say this, but I think it's very reasonable to think that there, a lot of these profits will be much larger than $30 million. The founders themselves gave back $27 million in profit back to our Nest holders by creating Nest and putting it back in our ecosystem. So to say that they're going to profit $30 million in a year off this, I think it's very likely. I want to see. I want to show you guys something very, very exciting this morning. We have an update from Gary Vaynerchuk on the utility of NFTs, and he has some criticisms of how Elon Musk has been approaching the industry. I'll let this thing play creator of vFriends, what do you read it? That to me looks like he's saying, yeah, you may own one of these apes, but they're out there and I can easily just put it up on my profile picture. So why pay for something like that? Is that what he's saying, Gary? How do you view uh, what Elon Musk's point is here? I'm not sure. I think Elon's got his, you know, finger on the pulse and obviously board Ape is the, one of the great projects in the NFT space. I mean, I can take a picture in front of a Lamborghini outside doesn't mean that I own it. I could take a picture outside of a building in Manhattan and say I own it. Most people are bringing their internet brain to the blockchain, so they say silly things like that. The blockchain is a ledger that shows ownership. Um, this is what always happens when there's big technology changes, so I'm empathetic to the point of view, but um, just by clicking or putting a picture doesn't mean you own it, just like in real life. So I do have another clip from this exact video, but I want to make a comment on what he said there. Anybody can fake a Rolex. Anybody can fake a gold chain. Anybody can take a picture in front of a Lamborghini and claim that's theirs. And a lot of people don't understand the real utility that comes with ownership of NFTs, especially when you're able to show that on a social media platform like a blue check. It's social validation. It's a social hierarchy thing. That's why we wear the clothes we wear. That's why we buy the things we buy. I will get comments from the group, but I do want to let this next clip play where he is talking more specifically about the NFT markets. Here we go. To your point, and I've been saying it over and over, 97, 98, 99% of the projects today are going to be overvalued because they're not going to be able to keep up with the supply and demand curves. It's going to take time for NFTs to penetrate mass scale. And so that's what everyone who's deciding to invest in NFTs needs to think about. What's going to be the Amazon, um, eBay, and PayPal of this generation? Because the rest of them are going to be very, very, very ugly. So I think that's a good place to stop just because he said so much valuable stuff there. We'll start off with Gonzo and go to Johnny Crypto. What are some of your thoughts while you're watching this video? He's 100% right. I love Gary Vee, right? And so I don't know what Elon was trying to infer by that picture. I think Gary Vee's right, and, and he's much smarter than me when it comes to business. But what he's talking about is social currency, right? 
And um, I can see why maybe Elon doesn't get that because um, from what I've seen on Elon when he's on TV and stuff, he seems to me a person that's very socially awkward, right? So I could see him not getting it. While he's a very smart and he knows how to make money socially, uh, when I see him talk to people and interact in groups, he seems very awkward to me. But Gary Vee is the exact opposite. So I could see why Gary gets it, right? And, and the whole social currency concept. But he's right, like he's saying, right? Just because you have a picture of a Lambo doesn't mean that it's your Lambo, right? And people just don't understand, you know, you, you, they, they don't get the whole social currency thing. But I, I think he's right. Uh, but I also think he's right about the, the NFT space. I've seen other videos where he talks about this, that a lot of these NFT projects are either going to go to zero or they're going to go away. But NFTs aren't going to go away. And that's where he talks about where he's going to come in and swoop in while everyone's bored or goes away. And that's really when everything everything else is going to come up. And so that's kind of what I'm waiting for. Uh, th that's why I follow him on social media. But I think he's super, super smart. Johnny, I want to go to you here because you have so much knowledge on NFTs and, of course, very close with NFT tones. But when you look at this market and we see that he says 97% of these projects are overvalued right now. And we experienced the exact same thing during the Internet bubble in the early 2000s. Are you applying those same concepts here? I know we only have a couple minutes, but I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I mean, he, he he's right right now. What's happened is we're in a market that's built on speculation. And so people, that's the best time for the crooks to come in and steal your money. And that's what's happening. A lot of these projects are over everybody. The, the, the guys who are running these programs, right. And putting on NFTs and stuff, they know there's so much hype out there. They could put something out there. They could put a, a picture of poop out there and people will buy it because NFT right now. Okay. It's going to happen. It's already happening. In fact, um, because of so much hysteria, so much FOMOing. And so the, the elites and the guys who know this want to capitalize on this fake speculative FOMO, so that's what's happening. And so these things are overrisen. They're going to drop 80, 90% of them aren't even going to be here. He's 100% right that, um, you know, like he talked about, which ones are the Amazons? Which, that's what we're trying to figure out in the crypto space, right? I'm not messing with it. NFTs. There's so many of them, and most are going to go to shit. But try to find those real world solved technologies and invest in those because those are going to drive the future rails. In terms of, you know, he bashes Elon, but you know what? Elon's not wrong. He's not wrong either. I agree with Elon, frankly. I'll just, why would I spend a million dollars for board anything? I can just snap. I do a print screen. Boom. I'll put that son bitch on my profile if I want. I can do that. It doesn't matter, right? The reason why, and the reason, Kanto doesn't agree, but that's okay. This is an opinion show. And so the reality is, at the end of the day, um, if I want to make money on one of these things, that's why I would buy it. Because I believe that it's going to go up in value and I want to sell it. If I want to have a profile picture, I can put anything on there. Why would I spend a lot of money for it? So it all depends on the mentality of why you're buying an NFT, what the reason. So both guys are correct, depending on the perspective of how you're thinking about it. Um, if it's an investment, then you would buy it. If you want a profile picture, why would you buy it? There's so many. Pro I can put an ape on there that looks like a board ape, but it doesn't have, and I don't have to own it. Yes. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely makes sense. And a lot of the real world utility hasn't even been realized yet because a lot of the Full utility of NFTs is going to be adopted when we have metaverse platforms where you can wear your NFT, verify that you own it, and then you get real-world ownership as opposed to a screenshot and you can put it as your Twitter profile. I don't really think it makes a difference. I want to say thank you to Gonzo. Thank you to Johnny Crypto and thank you to the Node Defender. Another amazing show today. We got 170 people listening live. Smash that like button before this video ends. Show us some love. We'll close this thing the way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us today. Let's go.
122 life. All right. Keep smashing that Love like you, Johnny. Love you too, guys. Don't say hi to guys. Can't agree all the time. <laughs> say hi to Shane.